The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 194 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Holidays are around the corner and that must be why it is so cold because the hot stove, I would say, is just about done burning after this week. The Giants got a new face of the franchise the Yankees got a new co-ace to go with Garrett Cole, and the Cubbies made some noise. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the best way to spend a lot of money, but they spent some money, and if nothing else, they'll be an outstanding defensive team next year. Uh, pretty exciting week for baseball. Even when I was doing the notes, I, I don't think I realized. You obviously had the three main headlines that I just said, but a lot of solid baseball players found new homes this week. A couple veterans switched teams, switched coasts. You love that. It was it was the end of the hot stuff season. Look, people, I don't think free agents like to go into the new year without a job. So I wouldn't. If I was one of these guys, significant others, I'd be freaking out. As somebody about to go into the new year without a job, I can tell you this much. There's nothing you dread more than going to see the family around the holidays with a career uncertainty. You, uh, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy in the family. So, free agents, if you're listening... Take a deal now. You don't want to go home and have to say, oh, I could be in Minnesota, or I could be in Miami, or maybe I'll go to Tur." Just get your shit figured out before you go see your family. So before we get into this week's contracts, I actually want to talk about a guy who's going to hit free agency next year before we start going. And I want to discuss with you what the BovadaSportsbook.com over-under is for Shohei Otani's free agent contract next year. And the reason I say that is because Aaron Judge signed for $360 million. Carlos Correa signed for $350 million. Dansby, $177 million. Xander, $280 million. Trey Turner for, what was it, 301 I thought it was three, pretty close to three even. Or three flat. Called $300, $301 million. And Shohei Otani, you can make an argument. I, I would honestly say, other than Turner and Judge, is a better hitter than all of those. And is also a top 10 pitcher in the league. So if those guys are getting anywhere in the 280 to upwards of $360 million range. Is the floor for Shohei next offseason genuinely going to be half a billion dollars? That's the number. You put it at five billion, what at half a billion dollars. astronomical number. And um, I would take the under. I think I would take the under, but I would take any... I think he... He's about to shatter every single AAV record we've ever seen. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is he, before the offseason really got going in October, agreed to a one-year deal for $30 million next year to avoid arbitration. And I almost wonder if he cost himself money in doing so because you look at all these guys. I I know their AAVs are in the $26, $28 million range, but some of those contracts are front-loaded. So if all those guys are getting, on average, anywhere from – 28 to 35, $36 million a year in Aaron Judge's case. Or no, sorry, Judge's is $40 million a year. 
it's not inconceivable. Tani had he gone through arbitration, was looking at a one-year, fifty million dollar contract. Would have made it very hard to sell the team. Yeah, I mean that the Angels are actually like, are we? I, I know I'm going to probably give Bavada half my paycheck those first couple months of the season betting on the Angels, but they're actually a really interesting subplot with this guy hitting free agency. Well, and you see the different approaches to ownership in terms of sailing. You know, you have the Lerner family who are trying to offload the Nationals. And again, both of these teams have away from the field their own issues too. With the Angels, you have the land surrounding uh, Angel Stadium and the fact that the team doesn't own that. For the Nationals, you have the um, – what is their television station? I was thinking of it the other day. It's not I think M- it's like – It's not MESN. That's Boston. I thought it was like NASA or – Yeah. They have, all that, whole they have that television rights deal with the Orioles, so both have their own issues. But it's interesting from the standpoint of the Nationals pretty much unloaded every big contract they had, stripped this to the bone. Uh, and, and I guess it goes one of two ways in terms of buying a team. It's are you going to end up spending more money because you have to pay the players more? I, I, I don't know how this whole thing is going to shake out, and that to me is where it gets interesting. Because at a minimum, the Angels, even if they don't bring Otani back, you're paying a team that has to pay... Trout thirty million a year, Rendon thirty million a year. They just signed Tyler Anderson to a multi-year deal, so there's still contracts to be paid. DC, uh, you're paying bare bones on payroll, so maybe that allows them, in the learner's mind, at least, to spend more money on the actual acquisition of the team. I don't know. Could go either way. Far from a business. Anymore. I wouldn't even touch this fucking team if it wasn't like you have Mike Trout, and that doesn't prove to win. If you don't have, I'm not touching this team without Otani. If I, if I was looking at the Angels as an asset, that asset is so much better off with with Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani is the entire draw. He's a player that we you haven't seen since. And look, I'm not even, I'm not the biggest Otani guy, but he's putting up projection that we as a society haven't seen since Babe Ruth. And if that's the name we're dropping, you can't. I wouldn't want to buy the team that got rid of that. I want to buy the team that it's has It's genuinely that. production you haven't seen if you've been alive in the past 100 years. Because Babe Ruth was done pitching since 19, in 1920, more or less, and it's going to be 2023 in two weeks. So we are literally talking about a century. Nobody's seen it. It's, so, I mean, I don't even... We're, this is so far from the point we're supposed to be on now. It's good, good banter. I would think... That they have to do, you keep Trout and Otani together, like that. That's how I, it's so. It's like disheartening because we do it all every year. I suck myself into this team because of those two guys, and here I'm about to do it again. Chase, talk me out of the Angels. I I think it all depends who buys the team. Artie Marino wants to have it done by the spring, and, and I hope it's somebody with deep pockets who can tap into the fact that this team is in the Los Angeles market. Granted, it's in Orange County, so it's the outskirts of Los Angeles, but you're still in one of the biggest media markets of the world, and I hope they sign, re-sign Otani because it's good for the team, but uh, for the sake of baseball, this guy needs to be in the playoffs. Simple as that. Trout, I feel the same way about Trout, but Trout isn't a Trout's, Trout's a generational player. Otani is a once-in-a-lifetime player. Trout's the best player in baseball, and but he's not. He might have. He's the least marketable superstar athlete. Somebody tried to tell me they were like, "Oh, Trout, he's injured." I'm like. Uh, to me, it almost makes him better because you look at the numbers he puts up in such limited amount of games, and it's still insane. The, the guy missed, I think, 30 games last year and was still so slow. I thought it was 40. 
uh, great, even more to my point, 40 games, and was still first team all MLB and Silver Star. 40 home runs within 40 games. It, I, the Angels have two crazy. They have, and they used to have Albert. And they got rid of Albert. They sent Albert home. Well, I guess they cut him and sent him the, across town, then home. Oh, the Angels. It, we were, t- you know what? How crazy. T- we were watching the uh, Commanders Giants game last night, and someone uttered, the Commanders are the worst team to root for in sports. Is it more disheartening than having the top two players in the league? Angels aren't the worst team to root for in sports, or in baseball. It's probably the A's. The A's are the Pirates. The Pirates suck. Pirates made a nice move. That, I know this guy probably shouldn't jump the, uh, the headliners. Pirates got Connor Joe from the Rockies. Yeah, does nothing. Put it in the notes last second, sort of forgot about it. I didn't. I, I, I liked Connor Joe. I, the think, one the A's, I think the A's are so frustrating because they've proven time and time again they can build a winner and they only give that core two to three years total before they tear the whole thing down and start over again. Pittsburgh, the owner, is just a jackass, Bob Nutting, but in our lifetime they've had uh, three good years. They had that McCutcheon year. Yeah, the A's, uh, A's in our lifetime have had like three or four good cycles of years. They've had good mini runs. Yeah, they, they have three to four years where they go – with this core, and then they trade, they retool, they recycle. Look no further than the fact that Matt Olson and now Sean Murphy are both playing in Atlanta. I forget who else they've traded of late. Manaya's gone. Well, think. they might have dodged a bullet there. Montas is gone. Whole core. I mean, Donaldson was the MVP and gone or was traded into an MVP. Um, like. Red, I mean, there that team was. Sonny Gray was an ace for that. Sonny Gray was a top five Cy Young guy out there. Gone. Sonny Gray was good everywhere except New York. So that's what leads me to think it's time for us to start talking about the current news. Staying in the state of California, the Giants have landed the star player in the face of the franchise they have been asking for. Fans, I have a lot of Giants fan friends who are freaking out. The likes of Hanniger, Manea. Uh, they signed Ross Stripling to a two year deal. Also, two years, twenty five million. You know, Stripling again, he's 33, but a good swing man. Last year was in the rotation. 292 ERA, 123 in third innings. Good back of the rotation on. But again, none of those moves were going to move the needle. They needed that big, big guy to lead the team. Uh, they haven't really had that since Buster Posey retired. And Correa. So for one year? Fair enough. 13 years, $350 million contract. No opt-outs, full no-trade clause. And the 28-year-old Correa, it'll be his third team in as many years. Years He left Houston in free agency uh, and then signed a three-year deal this past season with the Twins that gave him the largest per-year salary for any free agent in baseball history at the time at $35.1 million a year. He opted out, retested the market, didn't have a qualifying offer attached to him. Um, and the 2022 campaign got off to a slow start for Correa. In April, he had 243, 309, 324. There were some lingering effects of his late signing and the cold uh, weather. Uh, he dealt with a scare when he was struck on the right hand in May on a, on a check swing. Landed on the injury list, but returned after a minimal stint and after a brief stay on the COVID-19 list. Stayed healthy the rest of the way, um, and after returning from that bruise, he had 299, 376, 488, and 487 plate appearances from May onwards. Among the 133 qualifying hitters over that stretch, he ranked 14th in OBP, 23rd in slugging, and all told in 136 games. 291, 366, 467, 140 WRC+. Um, over the past four seasons, he's tallied just over 1,800 plate appearances. Hit 281, 359, 41, strong 10.6% walk rate, low 20.4% strikeout rate, 
Good hard contact rate. Um, he's top 20 home runs in six of his seven full seasons in his major league career. The strike season not being a part of that. Uh, all told against lefties, 291, 386, 42 hitters. Still hits 297 or 274 against righties. Had some injuries early in his career. Missed time in 2018 with a back discomfort. Fractured a rib in 2019. Uh, and he's only topped at 600 plate appearance in the season once. Uh, but again, with his recent, recent health and strong finish to his 2022 campaign, the Astros, or excuse me, the Giants thought that he was worth the 13-year deal. Defensively, it's above average shortstop in every season of his career. 2021, he won the Platinum Glove Award. Uh, 70 runs better uh, than par in 76 innings based on defensive runs saved. Very strong and short, big game player, rocket arm. Um, and the good thing is, in terms of AAV, and this is a little bit of salary cap, not salary cap, but uh, luxury tax circumnavigation we've seen across the league. Because the deal was stretched out to 13 years, 26.92 million AAV. That is outside of the top 25 in MLB history. Uh, he will likely spend the remaining of his career in the Bay Area. Um, I have some interesting thoughts on this. You know, look, I, I think the Giants had to make this move because their fans were getting restless and they needed the face of the franchise. I just don't know, and I'm going to turn it over to you in a second because you're going to talk about the situation he left and the situation he's inheriting. I just don't know when you look at a Bavada over-under win total for a team like the Giants. Correa, to me, so much of his value is tied into what he does day-to-day and not on the field. Like, we saw this in Houston. He's a leader. He's a clutch hitter. Defensively, he always seems to have a knack for making the big play. Similar to Jeter in that regard. But when you look at the actual numbers themselves, he's not a big power guy. He was supposed to. In the grand scheme of things, he's never really been a 300 hitter. I mean, again, his career average is – I'm going to pull the full numbers up right now. I sent this the other day. He's just a guy – it's again, when you're paying a guy $350 million, you know, you expect he's either going to be a consistent 300 hitter or that consistent power guy. You know, you're talking about a guy who's a 279 hitter with a 357 on base. Career OPS is 836, which for a guy who signed a 13-year deal for $350 million, to me, Correa is more of a guy that puts a – Good team over the top. Not that puts an average team into the playoff mix. Um, I think the Giants, again, had to make the move. I think this was a match that I had pegged as soon as Judge left. But I, I just think this could have turned out being an overpay very quickly. I think Correa is a good player. But in terms of the star echelon, I have him lower. And, and to me, honestly, I, to me, he got more money than Trey. And I have, I think Trey is a significantly better all-around player than Carlos Correa. I don't opinion. think anyone would argue with, with Trey being better than Correa. I, uh, this contract, over the life of it, I think it's actually going to age pretty well. I don't think he's $70 million better than Xander Bogarts either. No, he's not. But I, look, they, they spread it out over a long time. And Correa, I, because he's not reliant on... Like, you, you just say he's a good player, not a great player. You, you, you compared him to Jeter in that regard. Jeter aged fairly well. He was hitting, he was hitting solid till the end, until the very, very end. And Correa could be like that, where twenty-seven million dollars for a forty-one-year-old shortstop in twenty thirty-six or twenty thirty-five. That number won't be as astronomical. That number probably will. That that probably won't be a crazy contract. Uh, and Correa, from a baseball standpoint. He's in a worse baseball situation now than where he was. Minnesota was closer to competing in a much worse division than the Giants are. But 
are you really going to fault a guy for taking $350 million and going to move from Minneapolis to the Bay Area? I think that was all part of the Cowboys. And the Giants, I don't think this move puts them in the playoffs. I know last week we said that I think the six same six teams from last year make the NFL playoffs again this year. I don't really see a ton of wiggle room. Uh, maybe a team jumps the Cardinals in the Central, but the Giants aren't better than the Dodgers with Correa. The Giants aren't better than the Padres with Correa. So enjoy the money. Enjoy San Francisco. I think you'll like it. People seem to enjoy it out there. Um, otherwise, like they're still a piece away. If they did Correa and Judge together, then we're talking about a completely different team. I just think it's again, and again, this is a hard comparison because the Yankees and the Phillies, where Judge and Trey Turner went, I think are much better lineups overall. Obviously, same with Bogarts. Like I think he's going to the team that had the weakest lineup to begin with, but. Correa got almost double the contract of Dansby Swanson. Uh, and, and I'm just saying, you know, to your point, I agree. With Minnesota, I think the young pitching is better. Um, and, and even around him, you know, you have Luis Arias. You're going to get you Buxton. Hopefully Royce Lewis is healthy. Again, it's a different ballgame. But I look at the Cubs lineup and the Cubs for con- – the Cubs were in on Correa, but they gave Dansby half of it. They gave Dansby half of the Correa contract, both in terms of years and money. We'll talk about that in a bit. I look at the Giants lineup. The Giants lineup is Joey Bart, Lamont Wade, Tiara Estrada, Brandon Crawford, Correa, Jock Peterson, Mike Yastrzemski. Lamont Wade, I think he should flip his names. Wade Lamont? I think he should be Wade Lamont. Luis Gonzalez and Wilmer Flores. And then I look at the Cubs lineup, which will be um, Jan Gomes, Patrick Wisdom, Nico Horner, Dansby, um, I gotta figure out who's. Yeah, the, okay. I, the, the Cubs lineup is not good either. I but I I think their lineup is better with Dansby than the Giants is with Correa, and you gotta fry up the price. I don't agree. With Hap that. Bellinger, Sia Suzuki, Dansby. I will take over Mitch Haniger, Correa. I and I, who I, else? I think Correa's head and shoulders would be the best player in this Cubs lineup. I think that Correa... I agree with you. I'm just... And ta- jo- uh, I agree with you. I'm talking is about... Is Jock the- still there? Yeah. I'm just talking about the overall financial commitment and, and why, again, I think the Giants, look, they did what they had to do. They had to get a name. I, I just think... I think this line... Correa is not the guy, in my mind, that puts this lineup to even close to over the top. And for $350 million, I think you needed to sign a guy like that. That 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 the latter point you made is very valid. You put Trey Turner in this lineup... I kind of shrug. You're missing I kind of shrug my. Are you though? Turner hits more home runs than Correa. Yeah, but I feel like he profiles as more of a power. You're all you're forgetting that the Dodgers fans hate Carlos Correa. They, I mean, and Do- yeah, that should get real. He's that like should get real ugly. The Dodgers that. think of Correa on par with John Wilkes Booth. They think he killed the guy for some unknown reason. Like he is that much. He is a villain over there, which I think is only going to make him better. He seems like kind of guy to thrive under that sort of spotlight. So the Giants got Correa, and at the same time, their ace last year left. And if you ask me what my favorite part of seeing Avatar 2 was, it was getting the news that the New York Yankees signed Carlos Rodon, the left-handed starter. Six-year, $162 million. Gets a $5 million signing bonus, $22 million salary in 2023. Followed by a $27 million salary from 2024 to 2028. Full no-trade clause, and the deal runs through Rodon's 
age 35 season. And this is the culmination of an incredible two-season run. And honestly, one of the best reclamation projects we've seen in baseball in quite some time. Again, this was a third overall pick in the draft in 2014. Mid-90s fastball, wipeout slider. He was in the bigs by 2015. Uh, but then he lost a chunk of 2017 due to bicep bursitis. Got arthroscopic surgery that, that September. And didn't debut until June the following year, making 20 starts. Got Tommy John in May 19, missed the remainder of that year, and returned in the tail end of 2020 to make four appearances. He got non-tendered and agreed to a one-year $3 million deal with the White Sox in 2021. That year, he was an all-star, 2-3-1 ERA, over 89 and two-third first-half innings. Had some shoulder pain uh, in August, but concluded the year with 132 third innings of 2-3-7 ERA ball, 34.6% strikeout rate, and he finished fifth in the Cy Young Award voting. Uh, they made the eyebrow decision eyebrow-raising decision not to issue him a qualifying offer in Chicago. They were scared by the shoulder injury. Uh, he remained an agent until after the lockout. Giants signed him to a two-year, $44 million contract. Uh, and if he reached 110 innings pitch, he could opt out after 2022. Uh, he hit that. And in 2022, he doubled down on himself at the best season of his career. 31 starts, over 178 innings, 288 ERA, second straight All-Star knot, um, and he fanned 33.4% of hitters, only allowed a 7.3% walkout rate. And again, amongst pitchers with 100-plus innings, only uh, Spencer Strider bested the strikeout percentage, uh, and only Otani Scherzer and his new teammate Garrett Cole had a larger gap between their strikeout and walk rates. Was throwing 95, high-end spin rate, held lefties to a 179 average, righties to a 207 average. He's a guy I didn't realize, to be honest, how good the past two years have been until I really hunkered down once he signed with the Yankees and looked. Uh, I mean, last year, Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole, and Carlos Rodon were 1-2-3 and three in leading baseball and strikeouts and ended with a fastball. They're all on the same stat. Since 2021, minimum 300 pick, uh, innings pitch. He's fourth in ERA in baseball, first and fifth, first in K percentage, second in opponent's batting average, third in fan graphs war. Um, I get that there's a lot of people that are worried health-wise about Rodone, um, but at the end of the day, he doesn't need to be that 200-inning guy for us. We have that in Garrett Cole. And positioning him in that Yankee rotation where you could go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, and go Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodone, Luis Severino, who... Pre-Garrett Cole was the Yankees' ace and ace of the future. Nestor Cortez, who was an all-star last year, and Frankie Montas, who I think a healthy Frankie Montas, it's a totally different ballgame. Plus Domingo Herman and Clark Schmidt could pitch out of the bullpen next year. You said it to me the other day when we were talking about the signing. This is the best Yankee rotation of our lifetimes, and the only one that comes close is 2003 when you had David Wells, uh, Roger Clemens, Mike Busita, and Andy Pettit, and even they were all on the back nine. I mean, these are five hard-throwing beasts in their prime. Credit to Howe for saying, you know what, we signed Judge, we're going to go all in from here. This is the move that the Yankees needed to make, and they got it done. It was, it was, it's about time. Like, issuing two massive contracts in one offseason. Feels like the Yankees haven't done that since the 14 debacle. The 14 debacle, other than Ellsbury, though, was, I, I, don't, I think that isn't as bad as... People realize or people think, but that's because McCann had you know a couple good twenty-five homer years, and then we traded him. Beltron was an all-star for us, and then we traded him. And Tanaka was Tanaka. Ellsbury was just that bad. But continue. And we lost Cano. Look, this is well. Little, and depending on your view of that, that also wasn't the worst thing in the world at the end of the day. But he was really good early on in Seattle. I agree. We've had enough Roy's issues though, where we didn't need to deal with that again. We uh. Anyway, on this current team, look, the Yankees, their biggest rival of the Yankees, not the, it's the Astros. And where the Astros, I don't, the Astros, they did a lot of moves 
like Abreu was fine. Bringing back Brantley's good. But the Astros offseason, they lost Justin Verlander. The Yankees' biggest competition got worse because they, no matter what they do, they're not replacing Verlander. And this move to get Rodon, it lengthens the rotation. It gives you three options that you think you're going to win with in the playoffs. You should win every Garrett Cole start. You should win every Rodon start in theory. And then based on how he pitched last year, you, you go into Nestor's starts expecting a win. If Sevy's going game four, you're in unbelievable shape. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing is, too, you know, Efros is out for the year. Uh, you don't have Chad Green back this year. I, I do really think Domingo Armand and Clark Schmidt, not only having them in the pen, you know, is two more options with good stuff, but also just having starting rotation depth for the first time in how many years. You know, now we're seven starters deep. That goes so long, and to me, I know the Blue Jays signed Chris Bassett, and we'll touch on that in a second, and that was a great move by then, but in my mind, this not only makes the Yankees the heavy Bavada favorites in the American League, or in the American League East, but to me, honestly, in the American League, because I know the Astros signed Abreu, and they signed Brantley, but their lineup was always great. It was, if you look at that Astros team last year, it's the pitching that won them the championship, and... I know we've talked about how great Fromber is. We've talked about how great um, Javier is. But you didn't replace the ace. You did not replace the AL Cy Young winner. And, and your biggest rival just got a guy who finished top five in the Cy Young vote in two separate leagues. Yeah. No, this is a good – it's a good – the Yankees go in. Bavada will have them as the favorites just because Yankee voters. So I would advise the gambling folks that they're prop- – sprinkle some money on Houston. My one, my one more move that I would like for the Yankees is uh, go sign Michael Conforto to a one-year deal with an option. If you go into next year with Oswaldo being able to play all over, add a left fielder with some more left-handed pop, and ideally you're just not splitting ABs between Hicks and Oswaldo Cabrera, then I feel outstanding about this team. I like the way this offseason played out. No, uh, no like, stars are going to big markets. And bring Zach Britton back, too. Yankees. I like Britain. I, I, I just think you need one more lefty, and he is a guy with closing experience because uh, we saw what the Clay Holmes roller coaster was last year. It was either great, like it was in the playoffs or the first half, or it was unwatchable, and there wasn't a whole lot of gray there. It was uh, the highest highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah. Sure that up, but we're in a good spot. So I mentioned the Cubs before. Uh, Dansby Swanson was the last shortstop to sign. And I give Dansby credit. I think he played his market incredibly because, A, coming into 2022, if you had told me that Dansby Swanson was getting a seven-year deal for over $100 million, I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe. Timed his career year perfectly, similar to Aaron Judge. This was by far the best year of his career. And the shortstop market got so saturated that it forced the Cubs to overpay him. Seven years, $177 million, full no-trade clause, and it's the second biggest free agent deal in Cubs history. Second to only former Brave Jason Hayward's eight-year $184 million pack. Uh, Dansby was drafted first overall by D-backs in 2015. Ended up getting traded in the infamous Shelby Miller deal. Um, it was brought up by the Braves, his hometown team. Success wasn't immediate from 2016 to 18. Uh, he had 243, 314, 369, but he gradually improved. Uh, and this year really broke out. 25 home runs. Hit 277. OPS for the first time in his career around 800. 116 WRC+. Plus. Um, and in 2021, he also had 27 homers, so solid power from the shortstop position. He's entering his age 29 season, so he's in his prime. He's an excellent base runner, 
Gold Glove last season, uh, outs above average, rate him a plus 38 defensive player over his last five seasons, plus 18 defensive runs saved. Nico Horner went outside over to second, so you're talking about, in my opinion, bar none the best defensive middle infield in baseball. Um, and the Cubs over Simeon and Seager. You love Simeon and Seager. Yeah, but Simeon is on the back end of 30, and Seager's never been that good of a defender. Defensively, this is overwhelming the batch. Uh, and now, you know, between Bellinger, Dansby, Jameis Tyone, Brad Boxberger, Cubs came to spend this year $260 million on free agents. Payroll's going to be $181.1 million. Um, so the luxury tax number will be around $203 million. So Jed Hoyer, to his credit, has retooled on the fly, spent some money. Um, from the Braves' standpoint, uh, they did not want to give Dansby an AAV of $25.286 million that the Cubs gave him. Austin Riley has the highest AAV of $21 million. Time will tell if the Braves made the right decision, but again, their payroll's maxed. They have um, Vaughn Grisham that they can move to short. He came up and looks unbelievable in the second half. I really like this move for the Cubs. Um, I think this is an overpay, but I don't think it's a gross overpay. You know, Dansby is a guy who I think will really develop going forward into a 25 home run, 15 steal guy. Hit 280, play good defense. Um, and, and I mentioned it before, I, I really like the direction that this Cubs team is heading. I think Bellinger, if you could get Bellinger, it's even like 50% of what that MVP season was. Um, and you have a lineup then with Ian Happ, Bellinger, Suzuki, Nico Horner, and Madrigal are contact-oriented 300-type hitters. Wisdom's got some power. And then in the rotation, you have Stroman, Jamo, Hendricks. No aces, but again, just a lot of solid guys who just that take wrote- the ball. That rotation is underwhelming. I no underwhelming is a nice way to look. They're definitely an ace or two. They're an ace away, but given where they were two years ago, where they let the entire 2016 championship core go, um, I think this is a huge step in the right direction, and they're building up to the next playoff team. And again, at the end of the day, the NL Central, you have the Cardinals. This Brewers window, I think, is a year or two away. They're not. Gonna I think pay. they're going to. They could be. Brewers might blow it up this year. They just. They will not. Be, I think partially because of the Yelich contract, they're not going to be able to pay Burns and Woodruff. They already let Hader go. The Reds are much further away than the Blue Jay, than the Cubs are. The Pirates are the Pirates. You know, it's it's not inconceivable that you get go after an arm and you're right in the division race. Who makes the playoffs first, Giants or Cubs? Cubs, because of the Central. I would agree, largely because of the central. The, the the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers, and the the Padres. Padres keep even if Machado leaves, you still go into the year following here with Xander. So I, they'll be fine. Xander Soto, Tatis, and I think they lock up Snell, and you have Musgrove and Snell at a minimum one two. And Darvish, Darvish, I, Darvish, I think will be there the next couple of years. Darvish is a very sneaky. I think 35, 36 years old. Um, so that's the only reason I don't include him. I think he'll be like a two, three-year guy that, you know, you go year to year with. But I, no, I do not see him leaving San Diego. Um, so, you know, look, good move there. Um, and a fascinating move in the NL Central. We talked about it a bit on air last week. And now is where we'll officially report the deal. And that's the Sean Murphy trade. And it's a trade between the Brewers, the Braves, and the A's. Three-team deal that saw each team get a new catcher with nine players in total. The Braves get Sean Murphy, the centerpiece of the deal, and gave up Kyle Muller, uh, Roy Bear Salinas, Justin Yeager, Freddie Tarnock, Manny Pena, and Willem Contreras. The Brewers got Contreras, Joel Pampas, Yeager, and gave up Estuary Ruiz. The A's got Meller, Ruiz, 
Tarnuk, Salinas, and Manny Pena, and gave up Murphy and Payapas. Payapas. A lot going on there. Um, this is the full list of people the A's have given up, by the way. The A's have given up since opening day 2021. Uh, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Manea, Chris Bassett, and Frankie Montas. And with Murphy about to jump to $3.5 million projected in arbitration next year with two higher bumps for anything free agency, A's thought it was a good time to trade their all-star caliber catcher now. Uh, the A's also last year in the Matt Olson deal with the Braves received uh, Shea Langerliers. He had an excellent season at AAA and was a strong player in his 40-game debut in the majors. Didn't make sense to have him in AAA, um, so they figured they'd bring him up to the majors. And the 28-year-old Murphy, 330 games at the big league level, 46 home runs, uh, 236, 326, 429 slash line, 116 WRC+. Plus. Uh, he struck out just 20.3% of his plate appearances last year, but defensively, he is an outstanding defensive catcher. 13 defensive runs saved since 2020, which is top 10 in the league. Framing, in terms of framing on fan graphs, uh, he has the third highest tally there. Um, and overall, by war, in terms of fan graphs, he's only behind JT Real Muto for the past three years. It's an interesting fit for Atlanta. Um, I guess now you can DH Travis Darnold a little bit. Um, but I like this Murphy trade, and I'll ask you this right now before we talk, start, start, talk, start talking about the Murphy, the player. This guy's probably a top five catcher in baseball. Yeah, probably closer to the five range. Bavada over under on what the inevitable underpriced extension the Braves get him to sign is. I will set it at five years, $67 million. I think you could go five for 75. You think they, okay. That's reasonable enough to me for a catcher. For a top five cat, top five in your position. No, and I'd assume the offense is going to have an uptick in Atlanta. Well, yes and no, though. As, as dumb as it sounds, Willa Contreras last year, the guy. No, for Murphy. For Murphy. I think Murphy's oh, yeah. numbers go up. Oh, yeah. Murphy, you know, from a fantasy real life standpoint, you know, Willa Contreras, it sounds like the reason they traded him was the numbers were good, but defensively it wasn't that strong. You now have a strong, strong defensive catcher with 25 home run power, which. We as Yankee fans can tell you we had a guy with the 25 home run power but with no defense. It's very hard to have both. You drop the ball a lot. You get him in the middle of the lineup. You allow Travis Darnold to DH a bit more. Or you trade Darnold. You know, we have friends who think Travis Darnold is going to be a future All-Famer. I, I do think Darnold's given his production, and I think he's only 34. If they try to move him to the deadline, there'll be value for Travis Darnold for sure. Some contending team will trade for him. Yeah, he's a solid bat. There's no reason not to. What's really interesting to me, though, is how the Brewers uh, inserted themselves here. I, I mean, Willem Contreras has played 153 games in his career before. 260, 338, 471 hitter, 28 home runs, 121 WRC+. plus. He's only 25 years old. 2.1 Fangraphs war over the course of more or less a full season. Um, and again, while he's not great defensively, in a trade for Sean Murphy, the, Brave, the Brewers are the only one who got the all-star catcher. And Murphy only has three years of team control left. The Brewers got the all-star catcher with five years of team control left. And that was when you and I were texting back and forth and we recorded last week. I just don't know how, if you're the A's, you make this trade and there's an all-star catcher that gets moved in the deal and you aren't the one to receive him. That This, to me, the A's have gotten whatever returns for all of these guys you know, you look at who they got here. Like, everyone was like, oh, they got Kyle Muller. He's 25. He's their number one prospect. He's pitched 49 innings in the majors. He's got a 514 ERA. I mean, this guy has been a top prospect, it seems like, for seven, eight years. Ruiz, he's fast. Um, and in the minors, he's got hit 332 with 85 steals. But again, 
He's another guy. You know, he was never a top, top prospect. He was only going to be the Brewers' number eight top prospect. Tarnuk uh, in the minors in 106-2 there, didn't it? a 405 ERA. They got prospects, but none of them are even that great. I don't know how you make this trade and an all-star catcher gets moved, and you're not the one getting them. So they, credit to the Brewers and shame on the A's. A's, I don't want the A's to move because I think there's enough history with the Oakland A's that they shouldn't leave. They're the Oakland A's. That's an iconic baseball franchise. But they, they're not putting any money in the team. The only reason you don't take an all-star catcher back is you don't want to pay him. You don't want to deal with him in arbitration. There's no other... That, that, that explanation sucks and doesn't justify the move, but it's the only thing that makes some semblance of sense. And like when the A's keep doing things like this, I'm sure they'll provide a favorite for fewest wins. You could probably get them for worst record odds or just bet the under. I couldn't tell you other than Langerlees, honestly. Uh, it's him. They just signed Aldemis Diaz. I couldn't tell you who else is going to be playing on the A's next year. It's they, they um keep you know finishing what, your point. You and know, then let's pull. You this know up. what this team reminds me of? What the A's are? They're like the They're like the season one major league. Yeah, but, I don't, but I don't think they have a wild thing. Rick Vaughn. Here's what their lineup's going to be. It's going to be Langerly's a Langerly's a catcher. Seth Brown at first. Tony Kemp at second. Jonah Bride at third. Diaz at short. Uh. I don't know who any of these Ruiz in left. Christian, oh, I like Pache. Christian Pache, who was a top prospect that they got in the Olsen deal and can't hit. Jace I, Peters or Loriano in right. I want to say Loriano's a sneaky Royds guy. Not sneaky. He definitely got busted. Pitching, I've actually at least heard of these guys. Cole Irvin's a good lefty. Blackburn was solid last year. And then they just got a bunch of follow. They they have three former Yankees in their rotation. Caprillion still in the league? Caprillion, J.P. Sears, and Ken Waldachuk. I feel like they have half of every every all these guys are on a bunch of these. The A's don't do it. This is this it's a it's it's bleak in Oakland. Good for the Braves for getting another good player from Oakland, and good for the Brewers for you know what I would almost compare this to, and I preface this by saying I don't think it'll have the same impact. This is the Cavs getting Jared Allen in the Harden trade. It's like what are you doing inserting yourself in here, but you end up with a guy who is huge. I, mean, I could talk about the Harden trade forever. Yeah, you know, that's that's why I didn't want to go. Do honestly, that, like the whole thing with the, I have text to prove it. Months ago, I did, or months before the before that season started, I had it written out that Oladipo is going to be the piece in the Harden trade that gets it done. Uh, and then Houston, to their credit, offered him a two-year, forty-five point two million dollars extension, which he turned down. He feel Bryce feels so strongly about this that when he wakes up and goes on his work computer every day, it's the first bookmark he clicks on just to remind himself of what happened and well, what could have been with the it's defense. A, it's just a fascinating thing. They turned James Harden into Kelly Olenek. Hmm. Like a half season of Kenny o, Kelly Olenek is what they got for James Harden. Yeah, let's just move on. All of a sudden the A's don't feel so bad in comparison. We talked about last week how the Blue Jays needed to make a move and how Jose Barrios was... N- under a lot of pressure last year and severely underperformed. Um, but they had a good one, too. Manoa and Gausman. They had, I forgot last week, they also have Kikuchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you say Kikuchi. Yes. Okay, Nate Pierce and a lot of other guys. Um, but this was a move the Blue Jays needed to make. Three-year, $63 million deal uh, with right-hander Chris Bassett. Um, the ultra-assisted Bassett will now be third in that rotation behind 
Third place Cy Young finisher Alec Manoa. Ninth place finisher Kevin Gausman. Uh, again, Bassett's 34, but he was a late bloomer. Didn't really establish himself in stealth until his age 29 season. But in 2019, since he broke out, 331 ERA, 23.1% strikeout rate, 44.3% ground ball rate. Um, and he's yet, has yet to solidify himself as a true 30-start workhorse. But again, that's not due to injury. Uh, or it's not due to injuries that has to do with the throwing. 2019, he had a leg contusion in his spring training game. Made 28 starts to 381 ERA ball. In 2020, he made 11 starts in 63 innings during the pandemic. 2021, he was on a career pace. Um, but again, took that liner off the head. And then he pitched uh, throughout the season. He came back just for surgery six weeks later. Six and a third innings of one run ball across two appearances to close out the season. Mets acquired him last year. Career high 30 starts, 108 and a third innings. 3-4-2 ERA, average better than six innings to start. Uh, he declined a qualifying offer so that the Blue Jays will now give up a pick and their international signing bonus will be reduced. Um, but I love this move by the Blue Jays. Um, to me, if I'm looking at the layout of the American League, the Blue Jays would have my third highest Bavada win total now behind the Yankees and the Astros, whatever order you want to put them in. Over your beloved Mariners. Over my... Yes. I think those are the four best teams in the league. I think the two in the West, two in the East, both better than anyone in the Central. I just think the Mariners... That rotation is dirty. That's a deep rotation. I know, but here's the thing. Manoa, you you match him up toe-to-toe. Manoa and Castillo, call it a wash. Okay. Gausman and Robbie Ray, I, I... from a consistency standpoint, I go Gasman. We've seen Robbie Ray blow up in big games. Um, Logan Gilbert or Bassett, I call it a wash. And then it comes down to Berrios or who am I forgetting on Seattle? Ooh. Oh my God, what's his name? Uh, the Kirby. So I don't know. I, I just think the Mariners a I, lot. I think I'll put it this way. I think with the Mariners, Tioscar is a big addition. And Julio is a superstar. And I do think the Blue Jays still need to replace the Oscar. But the Blue Jays made the playoffs last year. And just about everybody in their lineup across the board had down years, comparatively speaking. Other than Alejandro Kirk, Vlad had a down year. Bo Bichette had an unbelievable second half, but finished very strong. Um, Springer was hurt. Yeah, bad first half for Bichette. But terrible. I traded him in fantasy. It's funny because you know us had a bad first half, but turned it around the second half. Yeah, Marcus Simeon. So I've been told. And that's a that, that this is exactly what that the, was a bad loss for Toronto. This is exactly what the Blue Jays need. I, I mean, the Blue Jays. It's not inconceivable that the Blue Jays with Bassett now have four guys throw two hundred innings next year. I think the Blue Jays are going to be really good. Yeah, I, and if you have four two hundred inning guys, and then. If you're two Asian lefties, Kikuchi, and then Ryu gets you through in the back half. Is this the year we can finally get you to a Toronto for a Yankees game? Oh, 100%. We'll, I legitimately want to plan it out. It, it, for last year, it was just uh, the timing was off. I think it was Father's Day weekend. Yeah. But we'd have a good time in the six. Yeah. If it's Father's Day next year, that's fine. We'll just bring our fathers. My, my, my father has some difficulties exiting and entering the country. Okie dokie then. Uh, I guess we'll discuss that at a later date. Um, let's talk about a guy who signed the biggest free agent contract in the history of his new franchise, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, I wanted him to come back to the Yankees, but the White Sox gave him a five-year, $75 million deal. 
It is now the largest free agent contract in White Sox history. And Ben Attendee at 28, a very interesting career trajectory. So never seven an overall pick in 2015 by the Red Sox. He was a consensus number one prospect prior to his big league debut. Runner-up in the AL Rookie of the Year voting in 2017. Uh, he had 293, 66, 465, 18 home runs, 21 steals. Uh, that was, sorry, in 2018, which set, set the stage for him to break out into full stardom. To me, he's the seen, World Series team. Anyway. Yeah, to me, he seemed like the guy who would have been in Boston long term and averaged forty-five doubles a year off the Green Monster with that lefty swing. Um, and he's developed into a good, not great big league player, an above-average, solid player um, that raises the floor of your team, but does not raise the ceiling that much. Won a Gold Glove in twenty twenty-one. His twenty home runs in twenty seventeen are career high, uh, and he hit five home runs this year in five hundred twenty-one played appearances with the Yankees and Royals before wrist injury ended this year. Past four seasons, 276, 345, 417 slash line, 35 home runs, 27 steals. Puts the ball in play, um, and that on some level has hurt his power output. Um, but I think for this White Sox team, even without Abreu, between Eloy, Luis Robert, uh, Andrew Vaughn, I-, I think having Ben Attendee hitting one or two wherever they put Tim Anderson as a table setter, um, Eloy's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities. And again, we use the phrase... Uh, it is the biggest free agent contract in White Sox history, but it's not like they broke the bank. Like fifteen million a year. Is that like, was also a, that, I mean, how it's su- embarrassing. You were how surprised were you? That, it was embarrassing. I I like the move. That contract's pretty reasonable. No, fifteen million a year in my mind is what I, you pay for a solid it, baseball player. And Andrew Benatendi, he was an All Star last year, but he's a solid baseball. player. If he reaches his potential, he and Tim Anderson at the top of that lineup. Is a really good one. They'll be a fun team to watch too, but the base path because Luis Robert can run too, even though he's in the middle of the lineup. They just gotta stay healthy too. Feels like Robert or Jimenez, one of them's on the IL every day. When one comes back, the other seems to get hurt. Like and right it's away, weird fluky injuries. I do. I feel like you have to treat them as one, one, one entity. I yeah, and I do wonder, you know what? What now? In your opinion. Brantley got $12 million. Benetton got $15 million a year. What do you think the market for Michael Conforto is right now, having not played last year? To me, it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year deal with an option at $13 million a year. But Conforto never really did it for me from afar. I, I, apparently, that's what the market is. A healthy sure. Conforto over a healthy Benetton, though. I think I'd much rather have a healthy Conforto. Yeah, but he didn't play. Both Did lefty bats? I, I don't know. I he, I don't know. It seems like waiting is good for all these meet, these subpar, the average players. Because because everyone who doesn't sign the superstars panicking overpay because they need to fill those. Like maybe dates. Conforto ends up in Toronto as the Tiasca replacement. Different look for that team. I don't hate that at all. It's the same logic that we had for oh Cody Bellinger will go there. But Conforto isn't as. Doesn't strike me. Alex Anthopoulos, don't listen. Don't let the Blue Jays. We don't want the Blue Jays. But yeah, that one. That, that's my prediction. So the Dodgers, really interesting offseason. They seem very content to let their young guys play the Gavin Luxes of the world. Justin Turner, um, who to me, again, I said it last week, Kershaw was the face of the Dodgers in this run, but Turner was the heart and soul. They didn't really start winning until he got there. Turner left. Uh, and they did add two veterans with a lot of big game experience, the first of which in the rotation is Thor, Noah Syndergaard, one year, $13 million deal with $1.5 million in incentives. Uh, he can unlock a $500,000 bonus for reaching each of 130, 150, and 170 innings. Noah Syndergaard is only 30. 
Once upon a time, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. I mean, 2016, 260 ERA, 182 and two-third innings, went toe-to-toe with Mad Bum in the wild card game, uh, and he had a six-war on fan graphs. Only pitchers above him that year were Kershaw and Jose Fernandez. Um, but that was the highlight there. I mean, from 2015 to 2019, he, lied, uh, he tossed 716 innings of 3-3-1 ERA, 26.4 strikeout ball. But again, he got hurt, had to get Tommy John surgery, came back in 2022 uh, full-time, signed a one-year $21 million deal with the Angels, I believe. Uh, and he stayed healthy, 134 and two-thirds innings, 24 starts. He got traded midseason to the Phillies, uh, threw eight and, thir- eight and a third innings in the postseason. He had a 3-9-4 ERA, again, Solid, but the fastball averaged just 94.5 mile per hour after averaging 98.2 from 2015 to 18. Strikeout rate dropped to 16.8%, but the control was still excellent. 5.5% walk rate, 42.8% ground uh, ball rate. The overpowering thrower from the previous decade didn't really seem present. Um, But I love this signing for the Dodgers. And I love it from the standpoint of he doesn't need to be the guy at all. He is at best the fifth best pitcher on this team. You have Urias. Who's, and he's proven he can do it at the moment. You have Urias, who for our money, most underrated ace in baseball. You still have Kershaw. Tony Gonsolin would have won the Cy Young if he was healthy. Yeah. As much as we love Sandy, if a guy went 21-3, and three, he's going to win the Cy Young, especially because his ERA was just as low, not lower than Sandy's. Dustin May, redhead Thor. And you see what the Dodgers have done these past couple years with these reclamation-type projects. Um... Tyler Anderson is the best one to come to mind. Tyler Anderson was at best a journeyman left-hander. You know, was, he signed with the Dodgers last year. He made the All-Star team. Who else do you think? Haney. Haney. Great. Another great example. Mark Pryor and this pitching staff know how to get the best results of these people. Uh, and I think it's a great match for player and team. For Thor, he gets a one-year deal, $13 million. He can rehab his image a little bit on a winning team. And the Dodgers hopefully could unlock what was once there. Um, and then they went and— I they, just hope he didn't— uh, he didn't sell his L.A. place from his Angels run. Nah. You think he, I, I mean, is there... You think he gets traded to another East team? I could see them flipping him. They, like you said, they have so many arms. They have so many arms. He's on a one-year deal. Last year he got traded. He might just... He's... I hope... I like Thor, so I hope everything works out for him. But... We're we're very close. This is his last shot, or else he's he's going to turn into a journey. He's already probably considered a journeyman. He at this point is much more. I guess he's, he's, he's more Harvey than Degrom. I was going to say that, but I would put him right in the middle. I because I'd still put him over Harvey. He hasn't Matt's. pitched. I'd still, but neither is Matt. The only one that keeps showing up is Harvey, except for he killed a guy. Is Matt still on that four year deal with the Cardinals? Yeah, that was last year. What an on. Cardinals like terrible signing. Steve Cohen was pissed, remember? Yeah, he dodged a bullet. And then they ended up getting Katana from the Cardinals anyway. Other move the Dodgers made one year, $10 million deal with JD Martinez. Um, he will be reunited with Mookie Betts and his former hitting coach, uh, Robert Van Soykik. Uh, again, he's the guy who in the offseason of 2013 to 14. Uh, he got How did you pronounce that? I probably. Skoyak? Skoyak? Skoyak. Skoyak. The Dodgers hitting coach, regardless, he got his job because he helped J.D. Martinez incorporate the leg kick, leg kick launch angle, exit velocity. Um, and since those faithful uh, settings, so going from 2014 to the present, Martinez has been one of the best players in baseball. Easy. Five all-star appearances, 295, 362, 547 slash line, 520, 
258 home runs, three silver sluggers, and a ring. Signed this five-year deal with the Red Sox. And I think we mentioned it when he uh, was made a free agent. Great deal for Boston. Four all, even a five-year deal in every full season he made the All-Star team and you won the World Series. And at $22 million a year, it didn't kill you. One of the better free agent signings I can think of in a while. It was a win-win. It was well a win-win. Dombrowski, good job. This year he declined slightly, 119 WRC+, plus, uh, but he still hit 274, 341, 448, 16 home runs. I think he still hit – I'm going to look up the exact doubles total because J.D. Martinez is a sneaky doubles machine. Not sneaky. Yeah. I mean, J.D., for $10 million, they got a guy who last year hit 16 home runs, 43 doubles, and had an OPS right around 800. Um, I love this move for the Dodgers. Their DH spot is open. Is he going to replace the Trey Turner production? No, but this is a team that you still have Mookie and Freddie Freeman hitting one, two. You put Muncie in the three hole, there's going to be a ton of RBI opportunities for JD Martinez. Um, and again, at $10 million, it's really not breaking the bank. And the biggest thing is, too, you lost a lot of veterans who were part of the Dodger way. Right? I think you're bringing in another guy who every clubhouse he's been in, people have been a big fan. He's a winner, he's a leader. Another win-win move for both teams. And it's like I said about Atlanta, where I just think going to Atlanta is going to make Sean Murphy a better hitter. Going to the Dodgers is going to be. We're going to get a. We're going to get closer to 2021, JD. I think you would minimum you get a rejuvenated JD. Yes. Here's what I'll ask you though: JD and Thor. Those have been the Dodgers' only two off-season moves. Not other, a good offseason. Other than bringing Kershaw back, what's the Bavada over/under for the Dodgers in your mind for wins? You know, coming off of them in a 110 win year, um, and are they still the favorites in the NL West in your opinion? Still the favorites in the West by default, but the over-under is down to like 95 and a half? 96? Still a lot of wins. And this team, like, they lost Trey Turner. Losing Trey Turner is a massive To piece. me, what scares me the most is losing Trey is tough, but I think Gavin Lux in a full season can help offset that a little bit. To me, the biggest worry if I'm a Dodgers fan is your bullpen sucked last year and you did nothing to address it. Should have brought Kenley back. I, not, it didn't even have to be that. I just think you needed to sign. Even if you signed a bunch of solid setup men, think like... Zach Eflin. I, no, but like Eflin was going to get paid like a starter. Like the Rafael Monteros, like even that tier. Like just good electric arms. And that's what scares me the most because Syndergaard falls into this category too. None of their starters are guys that are going to take the ball and go seven to nine innings. Um, I think Urias could be that, and for whatever reason, they don't let him be. Maybe now with free agency pending, they air him out a bit. But that's what scares me the most about a Dodgers fan is the Turner production. You not only lost Trey Turner's production in the lineup, you also did nothing to replace a bullpen. That, candidly speaking, was just bad. Wasn't even average. Bad. A lot of blown saves. And they still won 110 games, obviously, but. They also lost Gallup, which we'll touch on. So, good transition there. Twins making a pair of moves. Christian Vasquez, three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, he's 32 years old. He's changing uniforms for the second time in five months. He was traded from the Red Sox to the Strohs at the deadline. Won his second ring. Um, Vasquez, this past year, he had 274, 315, 339. Um, with the Red Sox, that was 282. It's 250 with the Astros and 35 regular season games there. But again, I think he was adjusting to a new spot. Um, defensively, has always been very strong. Has a great reputation as a game caller and as a leader. Um, his career high is 23 home runs. Has always been, I would say, like a 15 to 20 home run guy. 
Um, really like this move for the Twins. You know, again, I don't think the power drop off of Gary to him is that drastic, but I think defensively it will be a significant upgrade. Um, and then they rolled the dice on Joey Gallo. One year, $11 million. You know, look, from 29... I at, love this move. Yeah, Gallo's only 29 years old, and from 2017 to 2019, he had 103 home runs. You know, his OPS uh, combined over that stretch was 889. 14.3% walk rate was almost double the league average. He struck out a ton, but he also homered. Um, yeah, he also homered a ton. And then with the Yankees, you know, it bottomed out a bit in the first half of 2021 with the Rangers, he had a 860 OPS, a 138 WRC plus. Then with the Yankees, 95 WRC plus the rest of 2021, 160 average, 707 OPS. This past year with the Yankees at 159, 282, 389, 82 WRC plus. We flipped into the Dodgers. He at 162 there was a below average hitter. Gallo is a guy who I just don't think can handle the spotlight, but you saw what the power numbers are for Texas, or were in Texas. Minnesota might have, for $11 million, just acquired 40 home runs. I don't I think would, it's inconsistent. I think that we have to throw the uh, the Bavada bet, Joey Gallo, to lead the AL in homers. I don't hate it at all. What do you think? We'll get great out. That'll be a fun one for us. I, I, I think if Joey Gallo can be um, a shell of what he was in Texas – then this lineup, even without Correa, I think it has the potential to be good. Well, that div- it's, a, it's, a, it's a mystery division. We'll wait for the dust to settle in the whole offseason. But, I mean, right now I think take Chicago by default. But Chicago still has the most talent, but Cleveland's good. No, it's not inconceivable that you make one move at the deadline, you can win this division. Every team, the Twins are a move away from being the favorites. They're a big move away. I'm with you there. Astros, Michael Brantley, one year, $12 million deal. Uh, he was hurt last year, but 36 year old. He's hurt every year. He's 36 years old. Uh, this will be his fifth year in Houston. He signed a pair of two, 32, two two-year, $32 million packs with the team in each of his uh, 10 years of free agency. He's been hurt, but when he's healthy, 128 WRC plus, 306, 368, 464 slash line, 40 home runs and over 1,600 plate appearances. 2022 season ended June 26 after shoulder injury after shoulder injury required surgery. Played in only 64 games, but Brantley, even when the power numbers have gone down, this is a guy who in the postseason, we use the phrase professional hitter. Michael Brantley's a professional hitter. He's a left-handed contact hitter. He's always a tough out. Um, and to me, this is all about keep him healthy in the regular season as much as you can and just have him ready for the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think him and Jordan will platoon and left and DH. Everyone will be healthy. Everyone will go around. Brantley, again, we're far removed from when he was an MVP candidate in Cleveland or even those first two years in Houston when he was winning Silver Sluggers. But uh, he is still a guy who I think has the bat-to-ball skills to still hit 300 this year if he's healthy. Yeah, it's a good move by Houston. Just stay. He's just a nice. He's just a good professional hitter, a veteran. Keep him healthy for when the games matter. Pretty much. Red Sox made um, three moves that I want to talk about, just because I think it shows how directionless the high and bloom regime is on some level. Justin Turner, uh, two-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. He can opt out following the twenty twenty-three season. Um, this is a significant drop in AAV from the $17 million he received in his previous two-year deal with the Dodgers. Uh, he's entering his age 38 season, um, but he did find a multi-year deal from the Red Sox. Um, last year, 123 WRC+, hit 13 home runs, hit 278, 354, 38, so still had an OPS right around 800, hit 278 with the Dodgers. 
Um, he had a very slow start over his first 243 plate appearances of the year. He hit 611, but he had a 940 OPS uh, over his last 289 plate appearances. So, again, a tale of two seasons there. I, I just don't I, – I get this from the Red Sox, but a lot of Justin Turner's value is that he's a third baseman. And are you, A, signing, them to, signing this guy to hedge Devers leaving, which is a terrible idea, but B, you're signing a career third baseman who started at third for an 110 win team last year to play first in DH when Bobby Dahlbeck, one of your top young guys, is also a first baseman. I don't get that. And then on top of it, you traded for Eric Hosmer at the deadline. For no reason. For no reason. You just non-tendered him, and you gave up pitching prospect Jay Groom to get him. And then on top of it, Jeter Downs, the 24-year-old, was the headlining prospect in the Mookie Betts trade with Alex Verdugo. You just DFA'd him for assignment. Uh, to me, this past week has just shown, and I don't think it's all High and Bloom's fault. I do think John Henry is significantly restricting him financially, but this has been as disastrous as a red, of an offseason for the Red Sox, coming off a last-place finish, as we've seen in a very long time. Um, and honestly, for $10 million, if you were going to sign a vet, they should have just brought J.D. back. Yeah, this is weird. This is and, and and again, I like Turner. I think he's a good fit. I think he could hit forty doubles in that Red Sox lineup. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think that Turner's watched. I I think that we're kind of past the Turner being an All Star caliber third baseman. Forty doubles is a lot. It, that's a lot of doubles. Like they're just, they're going to lose Devers, which could not make me as a Yankee fan any happier. Uh, but they're about to be like they're they're true. Their trends are just being awful. And in a city like Boston, where there's a lot of sports and a lot of good sports, like, it's the Red Sox aren't the only show in town. Fans will not show up to Red Sox. And the brutal thing, too, is it's not like this is Bob Nutting or... These are guys that have that, money. Not that John Fisher's poor. He owns the gap, but I'll use him as the A's. John Henry is worth $6 billion and owns three different sports teams now. He owns Liverpool... And he's the leader of the Fenway Sports Group who owned the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, you got to figure this out. Yeah, they, Like, as a Yankee fan, this is great. But as a baseball fan, this is terrible for baseball. It's not good when the Red Sox are bad. Right now, especially if they don't bring Evaldi back, I would pick the Red Sox finishing last place in the American League East. Easily. I, I think it might be 10 games worse than I think Baltimore else. is a much better team. As constructed now. I'm not sure about Baltimore. Baltimore may have had lightning in a bottle last year. I, I, I will take their young lineup over the That's Red Sox. That's fair, fair, fair. The Red Sox, yeah, I think I'm just kind of... I think you have a... Look, you have a washed-up Trevor Story, a washed-up Justin Turner. A washed-up Trevor Story out of, still out of... Or he's switching back to shortstop he's Switching back to shortstop. You have Devers, who's great. You lost Christian Vasquez. Verdugo has never become that... I, I, I don't There's know. A, I think I'm just looking at the hat instead of the roster. But, yeah, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for Red Sox fans. Yeah, just doesn't make sense. Uh, some miscellaneous moves around the league. Connor Joe traded from the Rockies to the Pirates in exchange for minor league righty Nick Garcia. Joe this past year, 238, 388, 359 slash line, seven home runs over 467 plate appearances. Do you have any actual input on Connor Joe, or are you just like his name? Uh, I think he had a home run in a game I was at. Good for Connor Joe. Sorry you have to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh really just acquiring – an epic hodgepodge of first baseman this offseason between Connor Joe, Carlos Santana, and G-Man Choi. Good names. Great names at the table. Are you sure that's not... I, to me, that team is more like the major league team because they're between Santana and even Choi on some level. You have veterans like uh, Jake Taylor, 
or Roger Dorn. Or Roger Dorn. We'll see what Oakland, how Oakland fills out this team. We'll see, if Oakland can get, you're probably right for now. No, because nah, no. Pittsburgh's got Key Bryan oh, and Brian Reynolds. No, and and O'Neill Cruz is really Mays Hayes. No, I think if anything, O'Neill Cruz is Serrano. Well, they're going to trade Brian. O'Neal Cruz is Serrano. Brian Reynolds is Willie Mays Hayes. Key Brian Hayes is, uh, I mean, I guess Dorn, but Key Brian Hayes is great at catching ground balls and fielding them, not like Dorn who does that Olay bullshit. Uh, but Derek Shelton's definitely got some Lou Brown vibes. He's got a bunch of tattoos, big beard like my dad. Heart attack. Yeah, well, hopefully my dad and Derek Shelton don't have heart attacks. But I like the heart attack. What's your excuse? Pirates also signed Austin Hedges to a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, very good defensively. He's an elite pitch uh, the Pirates, Chase, we got a Plus 75 defensive run save. Uh, but Hedges, over the past three years, has a 54 WRC+, plus, which since his debut in 2015 is the lowest of any player in baseball. They just signed arguably the worst offensive player in baseball to be their catcher. Fucking Pirates, man. I like... The only thing I like about this conversation is the Major League reference. I don't really want to talk about the Pirates again. Okay. There's, I got absolutely nothing to add. What other teams could be... I guess I can do the Major League bit for other teams. The Pirates are the... You think O'Neal Cruz is Serrano? He's so fast, though. Yeah, but he's boomer bust. I think Serrano was fast, too. He wasn't as fast as Willie Mays Hayes. 100 yeah. pair of gloves. Yeah, I mean, Willie Mays Hayes, hit like Willie Mays, runs like Hayes, you know. There was That movie set was probably a good time. Until Wesley got all Hollywood and got an ego. Listen to the rewatchables about it, though. We're not going to go too much more into that. Uh, moving along, um, Mike Zunino, one year, $6 million deal with the Guardians. They replaced one bad hitting good defensive catcher with another. Uh, Zunino hit, it turned 32 in March, hit 148 last year. Bad. Got thoracic outlaw syndrome too, which means he probably can't throw. Uh, Tigers, Michael Lorenzen, one year, $8.5 million deal. Eight, 18 starts, 97 to two thirds innings last year for the Angels. 424 ERA, also not great. Like this move for the Orioles, though. Um, Adam Frazier, one year, $8 million deal. He could play all over the place. Um, once upon a time, was an all-star in Pittsburgh. Um, last year with the Mariners, he hit 238, 301, 311. Not particularly great, but again, for a young, still on the up uh, Orioles team, I like that he's a vet who could play all over. Trevor May, he's much probably going to be the most well-known. Hey, one year, $7 million deal. Uh, it's a bad face of the franchise. And, yeah, he had a 504 ERA in 25 innings. For the That's Mets why it's year. a bad face of the franchise. I do like this move for the uh, Padres, speaking of I former Mets. Uh, Seth Lugo, two-year, $15 million contract over the past two years. 356 ERA, 26.6% strikeout rate uh, out of the Mets bullpen. Uh, that Padres pen is good and deep. That When you have a lineup like that, that's that's the only thing they can really build on. I mean, their lineup is their lineup is what it is. Their rotation is what it is. They got a lot of money. Dude, the more I think of it, the more the Padres might be the favorite in the East and the West. In my I opinion. just think it's like from a book perspective. I know it's the Dodgers until it's not the Dodgers, but you go into next year with Musgrove or Darvish, Musgrove, Snell. If you can get them both at plus odds, just I don't know who. Do I don't know what the rest of the rotation looks like. To be fair, but that bullpen is just really good. 
Yeah, it is. All right. I got some miscellaneous news. Um, Gordon Gecko said greed is good, and that's not always the case in real life. Um, and the guy who caught the Aaron Judge 62 home run ball, he not only didn't give it back to Judge, but when somebody told offered him $3 million, he turned it down. And in an auction, it sold for $1.5 million. And he lost half of his money. And you know what I say to you? Fuck you for being so greedy. Yeah, that's a dick move. I don't know why. If you get yeah, get the three get the three million, putting it up to auction, you're gonna lose money. Yeah. No. Also, why do it? Like, why the, the whole the thought process makes no sense. Why if you're gonna hold on to it, you you hold on to it for more than a couple months. Like, wait till Judge wins a World Series. Wait till Judge retires. Wait till something cool happens. Like, Judge just resigned with the Yankees for nine years. I don't. As a Yankee fan, I don't see myself turning on him in those next nine yeah. years. We don't really have the option. This guy blew it. Um, I always say on the podcast, we like to highlight, like if there's somebody we don't like, like Rob Manfred, who does something good, we highlight it. So we often rightfully give the Cardinals a lot of praise as baseball's model organization. I have a bone to pick with them here. Longtime broadcaster Dan McLaughlin will not return to the booth uh, following his arrest this month on a DWI charge. This is the guy's third DWI charge since 2010. How the fuck did he still have a job? Yeah, never, ever. There's no excuse to drink and drive, ever. Uh, he got one in 2010 and one in 2011. It's like one, you serve your suspension, whatever. 2011, if he got a second DWI in a little over a year, you're fired. Up. You're fired. I don't care if you're good at talking. I I just, I had to give the Cardinals some flack there. I felt really strong. Good, no, you should. Scott Boris, Legend. The Red Sox signed his client, um, the Japanese outfielder, Yoshida, and Boris goes to his introductory press conference and is in Fenway Park and was snacking on food while he got Carlos Rodon to agree to terms with the Yankees. Scott Boris, my man. That's why you want him as your agent. My man. Love him. Um, And I only have one tweet of the week just because I thought it was funny. Uh, Chris Davis, over the next 15 years, will get deferred payments. $9.16 million. The next three years, 3.5 a year from 2026 to 2032, 1.4 million from 2020, 2033 to 37, $42 million total. That might be the worst contract in baseball history. Yeah, but I think Chris Davis is a likable guy. I actually I agree with you, but I think given the production, the production, given how it ended, and you cost you Manny Machado, and you still have to pay him this money, not good. Well, maybe it's the Machado homecoming in a year and a half. He's the last piece. I'm coming home. Coming home, tell Baltimore I'm coming home. You can go back and smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins. Get some crabs, do some dabs. Manny Machado's coming back to Camden Yards. All right, no more singing for me. Any concluding thoughts for this week's show? Holidays around the corner. Good one for the Giants last night. Laying on me. Um. Yeah, you know, just stay healthy. Be, be smart. We got another episode before the year ends. Still on the 19th. Uh, so I'll save some year-end wrap-up bits for then. Uh, for this next week, you know, a lot of a lot of companies shut down that week. For uh, end end your work week on a high note. End your work year on a high note. No, don't cut corners this week. Don't do puzzles in the middle of the workday. Don't watch don't watch any stupid kids movies in the workday. Uh, like eat some food during the workday. Be productive on the way out. Pop culture recommendations: The Whale, yes, Brendan Fraser, unbelievable comeback role. Avatar, no, was not a fan. 
Shout out to uh, Chip Kelly. I've been giving him a lot of crap of late saying he won't be able to recruit in the Big Ten. Uh, he literally got UCLA's top recruit of all time, flipping Dante Moore from his old school Oregon, number three recruit in the country. That was really cool. Um, and to echo Bryce, stay warm. It's cold out. Uh, and the next week, spend some time with your family. Call them if they're remote. It's the holiday season. And uh, for those celebrating, happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Enjoy the holidays. And, uh, you know, spread some holiday cheer. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Minorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great week.